Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 19th of October 2020. We have a fairly long discussion in the market chat after this sort of price report between Webby, Ben and myself. So we cover a number of bits of ground that normally I would talk about in this section. So this morning I'm going to be a bit brief. The market is firm in my opinion. We've had a couple of weeks ago the market kind of peaked, it got squeezed on the knob. Everybody focused on that as being a technical reason why it went up and certainly it traded at its highest point on November futures at £188 a tonne. It's been trading this morning around 183 183.40. So it's £5 off that high. But the other months have all of a sudden changed their kind of place in the shadows for being the key market. So this morning, the May futures in London have gone up to 187, which is quite a jump from where they were trading when we were in the melee of a couple of weeks ago. And it's that market that determines the mood of where we are as a country at the moment. So we have a firm market and we're back to a period of probably less grain coming forward again. There's been a surge of it in the sort of peak of the market. And now all of a sudden, the later months are catching up. You can make uh, £180 a tonne X farm if your merchant is short of novel deck wheat. So that's where it's trading now. It wasn't trading at that level. It's got to that point. The other thing that's happening, that price stays constant all the way through Jan, Feb, March. There's no paying more than £180 a tonne. There isn't enough of a carry in it. There's people who are short this side of Christmas and they're having to pay up. So the true value, I would say, 180x farm is about February. Now, in my view, this is an area where I think if you look back on it in, I don't know, six or eight months' time, you're going to go, oh, why didn't I sell it? Uh, I do think in trading in the 180s will, with the benefit of hindsight, be a fabulous price because I do believe at some point the UK market will, that the bubble will burst. And it's all about supply and demand and it's all about there not being enough supply yet. The crop size is smaller than people first thought. The carryover is a debate about how many tonnes there was in that. And there is definitely imports of wheat we know of and corn that's occurred. And we believe that at some point that the balance or the set of scales goes in favour of more supply than demand. And with a 30-odd pound drop into new crop, nobody's going to carry it. So it will one day drop. But in between now and then, it's a game of dare, isn't it? Let's sit with it. I certainly this afternoon do not feel like selling it. So it's hopefully got a little bit more to go. And who knows, £200 a tonne. I can't see it ex-farm, but it's traded into a consumer home in the UK today because some of those places that pay bigger premiums over the futures have had to face that. So exciting times for you farmers. Um, moving on to feed barley, probably relative to its previous prices, that's even more firm than wheat. There definitely is demand for export. 
and there's definitely demand from the consumers for Jan to June next year. The consumers are trying to buy it a bit cheaper than the market, in my opinion, and I think they're going to be, well, unless they pay up a little bit now, I think they're going to be outsmarted by the export market. There seems to be very good demand for barley. It looks like barley's going up in the consumer's usage because that can only mean, in my opinion, we're importing more maize. So something in the background from the maize importing side of things is meaning that more barley is being planned into the ration. And that is the secret to the imbalance or the overbalancing of stock. That's where the extra tonnage will come from. But at the moment, feed barley, 140x farm is where you can make. It's there, which is absolutely fantastic. It's a £20 rally from harvest, and that's very pleasing, especially bearing in mind where some of the malting barley prices trade is lower than that. So this is a good price. And if you've got something vaguely dodgy with malting barley that you're hoping for a thruppance premium on, and bearing in mind possible claims or rejections, I would suggest ditch it, sell it as feed. But you're not in a position where the market's going to drop in a hurry, I don't think. So that moves on to oilseed rape, 346 Short term, Webby's view is kind of neutral. Longer term, he's friendly to it. So there's not a lot more to say than that. I think, yeah, it's a very, very positive price market report if you're a farmer. If you're a consumer or if you're a trader, I think the sentiment and the mood, I think we can all feel it. It is not in the mood for going down, in our opinion, at this moment. So with that, have a great trading week. And you farmer boys, get out there and plant as much as you can in this little window. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. This week, I've got with me Ben and Webby. Now, we've got some listeners who are worried about the rest of the crew because uh, they have uh, not been on for a while. So here they are to prove they're still breathing. Hello. Hello. We're going to have a little chat about the last month and where we see things. Sounds good. The biggest thing specifically that happened for doing grain was all of the grain we priced for stuff in store. The price got into the 180s and we banged lots of the wheat out. Some lucky punter managed to sell one lot at 188, didn't they? Not us. Not us, no, sadly not. But we did sell three at 187. The Nov May went to a two quid premium, and it's now three quid discount. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Hopefully for some of our listeners have made a quid or two out of it. Some of our farmers definitely have. Some of our listeners, if they listened to our tactics, would have gained money as well. I do think it was a good time to sell, but my fear is, is the market still firm, and will it keep going? You know, did we peak too early? Because it feels like it's going higher. I think the market feels a little bit supplied pre-Christmas. And I think the April, June, I think there is wheat in merchants' books. But I think the Jan, March is going to be quite tricky to buy. That would be my only concerns at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I would say on that, the flip side is what imports are sitting in port-side sheds, right? We don't fully know. We know that a lot of importing has been done. Yeah, the millers have bought loads, haven't they? Millers, corn, Danish feed wheat has been done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you, Ian, that, yeah, 
that Jan Feb March slot could look a little flaky, but if the port stores are full, things aren't moving, people are moving farm grain first, then they've got those port stores to rely on. Yeah, I think underlyingly, what are things that have influenced the mood? I mean, Russian lack of planting, the new crop has been a big one, hasn't it? Oh yeah, it's, it's been weather market. I mean, this, the combo of the squeeze, the technical squeeze and the weather market has been big. I mean, we've only just seen it come off at a quid or two, probably because of the sentiment of rain on the forecast in Russia. It's not, it hasn't yet come. I think it's next week that the main, or this week as we're listening, but next week is when the rains come. Yeah, and also we have China buying and buying and buying and buying. Yeah, and the French have done a large slice of business and they've got well over 200 euros a tonne now uh, and, that, and they've got to get to a price where they're perhaps a little less competitive because everything seems to be going up. Yeah, yeah. So... These factors, these world factors, have definitely supported the price. Yeah. And then there was the farmer retention, which squeezed the market. The fact that the farmer did not sell anything for a period of time made the trade go absolutely crazy with prices. What they paid to get supply, which kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, pushed the market up and up and up. Yeah, it was was big numbers. But now that we've slipped, arguably, where we are or when we ate 180 quid on the farm, I mean, that's the debate isn't it well as far as i'm concerned you never made money paying 180 x farm to get to to the consumer locally in this pre-christmas period so hence the point but the um farmers i think going to struggle to sell what they've got as a balance sub 180 rightly or wrongly what's a new price going to be i mean it's got a cac i mean the thing that if the pound, we don't know quite where boris is going to lead us but does the pound significantly strengthen that would be an unnerving moment for a UK farmer, I think, to warrant selling it. Unnerving moment, Boris leading. <laughs> um, Freudian slip there, Webby. I think the mood is slightly changed with the rain in Russia. New crop going down may change sentiment in the farmer's mind. I mean, Josh should be in this conversation, but he's out delivering seed. And the last 72 hours has seen a crazy load of seed orders come in. Now, people have gone for it with a weather window. Yeah, well, deja vu of last year. I mean, the comments you're getting from Boots on the Ground is that it is worse conditions than last year. And they're not hanging around, so if there is a break in the weather, every drill will be out. I mean, we had, was it 10 mil last night? There are drills out today. Yes, yeah, sorry, heavy land men. This is obviously boys' land up here. But I think the way it's different is last year, after 10 mil, people weren't drilling because they were thinking, oh, it will come right, it will come right. But this year, people aren't taking that chance at any opportunity to drill it, they're drilling. Let's ask this question. What would you do with 40% left to sell, Ben? I would sit tight till the new year, I think. Watch the market, talk to your merchant about strategy, and uh, I'd sit tight into the new year. There's still a lot to go, still a lot to go. Yeah, in between now and Christmas is well supplied, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, not only that, it's getting hard to get you know, any kind of bid in the market. Consumers seem to have got cover. So, yeah, it, we're looking post-Christmas now for any action. What about you, Webby? What would you do? Just to slightly counter what Ben said, I mean, 40% for this time of year with the uncertainty we talked about currency and things. I agree with this comments. I think, like, the Jan, March and turn of the year, we've got a long time left to go to see better days. But I think I'd reduce some of my long and cut it back by, I don't know, to be 65% sold. 70% sold. 
Yeah, okay. I can't expect you to, to agree as, as usual. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I would, if you're being bid 180x farm, Norfolk, yeah. which is now the price for May, if you hadn't done it, if you haven't moved at that price, you know, the fact you didn't sell it before then 180x, yeah, I'd let it go, I think. I'd let a lump of it go because I don't see us going up to £200 a tonne. And, and the way we trade, if something happens in the world that makes the whole world go up, we can react, can't we? We can do cash settlements for our farmers, we can do options for our farmers, we can do all sorts of other things. So I would be tempted to lump a load of it out at 180 and be done with it because I think we're at or beyond fantasy price. Yeah, I agree, yeah. They're big numbers. And the other thing is premiums. I mean, we're going to talk about... We might as well talk about that now. I mean, the premiums... We were talking about premiums a while ago, saying that the pre-Christmas soft wheat premium at £20 over futures delivered to, to was, Midlands. was great. And it would disappear, and it has, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you now cannot get a bid out of a miller for soft wheat. Group 1 wheat, struggling. Post-Christmas, that might come back, but, you know, no-one's talking about post-Christmas. So I think we've just got to sit and wait and see what happens there. But, yeah, we were right. The premiums got to a really high level, and they've now disappeared. Yeah. So the kind of the price for soft wheat stayed the same all the way through, actually, didn't it? It's just yeah. that the premium disappeared, and the price of feed wheat came up and caught it, bit it, and now the millers have got enough. Which leads on to the, you know, if the millers have imported that much milling wheat, that it's going to undermine which parts of the milling book. I mean, the soft wheat, you can't easily replace soft, can you? No. You know, a decent UK soft wheat is still the, the supplemental product for, you know, cake and biscuit flour. So the demand's still there. It, it's the high end. It's the group ones, the 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 bread wheats, you know. That's what's come in, basically, from yeah. Germany, yeah. Poland, whatever else, Canada. Yeah, which is, you know, fine. Good old millers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they need it. In, it's in a grist, isn't it? They use it in a grist. So... That's the way of the world. It's just been very interesting that, you know, for years, Norfolk hasn't really been the county where milling wheat comes from. And this year, you know, we've actually traded quite a lot of it. Well, I think, he says with a smile, (laughs) I I think that um, as we go ahead, it's going to be a necessity, I think, depending on, obviously, we still, we're with the day before. Is today the day, the 15th? Isn't it? Brexit day. Yeah. Yeah. It's been postponed. Has it? Oh, I thought we would get some Brexit done. Um, yeah, the EU leaders are meeting and breaks tonight, and uh, Boris Johnson will be there for some of the Brexit discussion, and then he will have to leave. He's doing a little slot, is he? I guess a little a bit guess of stand-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They seem to think that yeah, it's just fisheries to go now. So that'll be interesting. The French seem a bit upset about the fisheries. They want to abolish the whole thing on the basis of fisheries, don't they? Yeah, the French no have change there. Have, have, at the right moment, stepped up and been French, haven't they? Which there's, was inevitable. Well, there's a shock. Although you do wonder whether Merkel kind of set that up behind the scenes. No. They, they need a bad guy. They need a bad guy. The Germans are very calculated. The French are emotional. No, the French were always going to... When it gets to the paperwork... And the, and the UK waving people through this end because they can't afford to have any, any we're going to prove this work. So they've got about six months' worth of we're going to just let it come through because we haven't got anything in place. The, the people who will be holding it up is the French. The French going, your documentation is not correct. So I avoided the temptation to be French yet. Yeah. But any keen Brexiteer who voted for it must have forgotten how much they dislike the French if you give them half an ounce of power. And this is their moment. Well, so we've gone through milling wheat and premiums and we've got on to Brexit and we've got on to, 
you know, an extension. So we've got another, how long have we got? It's our, we've extended our own pretend deadline, haven't we? Exactly, yeah. yeah. It, the EU never had a deadline. Yeah. We kept putting deadlines in. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant bit of negotiating. Okay, so, so when do we actually find out anything? Is well, in theory, I think today they, they, von der Leyen, Ursula von der Leyen, might decide that we can go into what they call tunnel negotiations, mm-hmm. which is where it basically you're in the final stages of sorting something out. Oh, I thought you meant flood the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, really cut off ties. Yeah, that's it. Let's yeah. rely on the port of Calais. <laughs> so when's the next deadline? We don't know, and negotiations will keep going. So. Well, right. Food standards. Let's talk about that. Brexit food standards. They, they're now in the process of putting into law that, in fact, you can bend it a bit. And yep. Yeah. It's a fudge, isn't it? Basically, well, it's a fudge. Liz, Liz Truss is looking people in the eye and saying, we're going to stick to food standards <coughs> in the UK. She can't. No. Uh, they can't do it. it it's going to be a fudge. And, you know, sadly, what again, what we said last year about food standards slipping and supermarkets selling anything they can to the consumer will come true. And watch this space, I think. You know, it's going to be messy. Mm. So, views on currency? What about that, boys? What do you think? I think it's a funny one with the dollar at the minute, with the American election going on. The dollar's been weak. Trump's been... Kissing. Kissing. Anything. I think the dollar actually could get a bit weaker if Trump loses the election but refuses to leave the White House. I think that'll damage their currency. You're frowning. Well, I mean, you said he refuses to leave the White House. There is a point on the 21st of January when the Senate decides who is the main man. Uh, and, and The and Republicans hold the majority in the Senate at the minute, Andrew. Yeah, but, you know, you can't, <laughs> it's going to be... Well, I can't see him pulling that off, actually. OK. Well, that's the dollar. Sterling euro <laughs> is obviously the one we all watch. I think... I think Sterling will probably stay where it is. We get a deal. I can't see Sterling rallying massively on the back of a deal. I don't know, Ian. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think it would. Say, I'd think it would be a bit of a, a run on Sterling. I think. I think Sterling would firm if there's a deal. Yeah, firmly would firm if there's a deal. Yeah, it would. It would yeah. Initially, I mean, we should, if we should push prices down. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is, it's just how long are the currency guys already? Have they factored in a deal already? Jumped the gun, got in. We don't know that. The currency trading markets are totally different to every other market we deal in. So, anyway, likelihood sterling gets a little bit firmer if we get a deal. Same number of cards, just a bit more cash, basically. Does it, um, on that basis, does it cack if we don't get a deal? Yeah. Does it get parity? Yeah. I think we'll see a moment. It's been talked about a lot. You know, uh, no deal is damaging, isn't it? And I think... Everyone kind of secretly believes it's all going to go away or something, but it, it seems we should be really blasé about it now. We haven't talked about this in depth for a long time. It is going to come to a place where, if we have no deal, there will be a large amount of acrimony amongst the leaders of Europe and the UK. There will be some very bad things said, and it will promote very volatile times. So, yes, I think mm. we will very possibly see a weak band. Maybe somewhere five years down the line we'll be stronger and everyone will say, see, I told you so, but... That seems a long way off. Maybe, yeah. I think a no deal with the COVID situation, I think that would be suicide. They can just not let us have any swabs. <laughs> well, I'm not being funny. It's not coming. Yeah, it's not I being don't... Bruce in the UK, <clears throat> is it? 
Yeah, no, true. I know we're the greatest country on the planet, but we aren't in a strong position to negotiate about COVID with the PPE equipment, with the swabs. There's a whole host of stuff. The drugs, not produced in the UK anymore. We're relying upon their, you know, trading goodwill, whatever. Yeah. Someone, I mean, one assumes pharmaceuticals are going to be reasonably clear of it, but if we're going to be dicks about something, then possibly it might tempt well. your profiteer or take advantage of it. Okay. Um, What's next on the list? I was going to, we were going to talk about this, something that happened this week. In the Farmers Weekly, there was, uh, you know, we're very grateful to the Farmers Weekly. One, we appeared on their podcast. As a, yeah, we did, yeah. I was yeah, told cool. that we have a cult following. Okay. So our cult following, because we've done 100 podcasts, which was nice little, and finally been yeah, on yeah. their podcast. But the following week, or two weeks, two weeks, three weeks later, there's a young lad wrote into the Farmers Weekly podcast and called them boring, which made them laugh. But I think they're in an impossible situation where they have to sound grown up all the time. And they have to come up with lots more facts than we do, whereas we can meander off into wherever we, can, we go, yeah. hence the cult following. <laughs> so the thing that's come up this week is an editorial in the Farmers Weekly. It's kind of like an advert dressed up as an editorial, actually. It's about grain decks, and there's obviously a tie-in with the Farmers Weekly now. And we've kind of been on there and bid sometimes and not, not really done much at all on there. But it's kind of taken a step in the wrong direction, in my view. How do you feel about that? I think it's tough. I mean, so on one hand, we've developed the app, which you've talked about. You had Josh mm-hmm. and Henry on. And so we're, we've noticed there is a requirement. There are people that like the, I'd say, convenience of trading through something. It's simple and kind of... I think it takes away... I'm slightly worried that it becomes more mainstream because I think it takes away from the value that your grain merchants offer. Mm. I like to think that there is value in the conversations and relationships you have with grey merchants. In to go solely down a kind of electronic or tech route, I think is very unhealthy. And um, ours is about speed of trading, isn't it? Sometimes there's, you know, there's things to be done. We can send something out there to get something covered, and yeah. if we've got some long-term special deals that, or something, yeah. we can be very specific and it's, target it, them. Can't well, we? It, that's the word exactly. Targeted because I think with the app, the idea is if we see an opportunity, bang, we're going to ping something out to them, they get an education saying, for example, do you want to sell wheat at 180 quid into Saxium? Like, bang, right, except, done. So that's, that's convenient. They might be doing X, Y, and Z, I don't know, helping Mrs. bake cakes, like you <laughs> say. But, yeah, it's, it's the convenient side of things. I don't ever want to take away from that relationship you have with your merchants well, to become th- anonymous. I was discussing this with another merchant and he said, look, you know, we shy away from it a bit because in the end it's the man with the problem or the man with a with a wet load or a, a load that's going off or a load that doesn't want to travel to Stockport and find out it gets rejected as opposed to travel to Kenninghall because, you know, it's, it's those costs which if you sell it to a another from a faraway place they can take it wherever they want to take it and the dynamics have really we've been through this before several times on a podcast haven't we it's about service it's about relationship it's about have you got the goods and where how much risk do you want to take in delivering it a long way yeah and it's about day of the price not price on the day which is always a saying we well grain Dex is a dutch auction isn't it it, it, it is. is i think it, i think i mean not, i don't want to play devil's advocate here but i'm going to end up doing it as ever I mean, sitting on the fence. No, no, no. Grain decks in your portfolio of how you want to trade will 
provide you with something. Yep. It will provide you with the highest price on the day you decide to sell it. That's what it will do. Yeah. What you're not getting, as Ian said, and as we know, is a strategy. Well, you can pay for a strategy with them, can't you? I believe they have a strategy. You can pay for advice or pay for... Where's that advice coming? Where's that advice coming from? CRM. CRM. Who are they? Okay. ODA. Okay. I mean, the thing with advice is, and Ian was saying this earlier on the day, that there's every merchant now, the big guys included, send out market information. Yeah. We do our podcast on a weekly basis. Sorry, just, just coming back on that point about CRM ODA, but, but let's all be very clothing. clear, these guys aren't trading in the UK market. So they're giving you advice about all kinds of other things, but they're not talking to consumers, they're not talking to millers. I think the word you're missing there is sentiment. They sometimes miss sentiment. Yeah, without a doubt. The technical, there's enough wheat to go around and the market's going to come down, is one thing. But if every farmer's holding it off and you know you can't get it out of them, that comes from a kind of hidden dynamic, doesn't it? There is certainly a place for it, but it does miss a dynamic sometimes. Well, us and smaller merchants would bang on about being, you know, useful and and a service. But if you invest money in stores, you invest money in equipment, you invest money in harvest students, you do all of this service thing... Graindex suits a man with a desk who doesn't put any money into the industry, just sits there and turns it over, which is fine, but it isn't a long-term strategy for farmers if they cut people who invest out of the loop. No. That, in the end, is the missing there. And it's the classic farmer mentality of, oh, I've been done, you didn't pay me the extra pound. And, it, you know, all my working life I've had that, and there's no reflection on... Well, not necessarily at the moment, anyway, the reflection on where the price started, where you are when you're doing it. I mean, the worst thing for us is when we say, right, guys, you better do it. And they, they go, OK. And then they phone everybody up and someone pays 50p more. Yeah. They go, well, you can't blame me, can you? You go, no. But We've all had them. Little mental note is made, isn't it? And next yeah. year, say, yeah, you better sell it, perhaps. But we, we <laughs> but, all, um, there is more information at hand. I mean, we've help in this situation because we provide free info we've got a daily market report on the app mm. um we've got the futures there there's you know everyone's probably twitter now twitter 10 years ago wasn't prominent mm. yeah four years ago now the information you've got at the press of a button so people are more informed so it's something more than just i mean there's not someone saying you've got to sell it is there no one ever says that you always think oh it could go one way it could go the other Somebody has to call it at some point and take responsibility for that. And ultimately, it's the farm. If he's going to take all of that on board and make that decision, fine. But just sometimes, you need a bit of guidance. And more importantly, is if your product isn't perfect. Some years, some years it is perfect. Some years, there's a bit of premium you can achieve by, by saying, well, it isn't just feed, it's something else. Those are the areas where a relationship helps. And I'd like to think that there will be a bulk of grain sold still with some form of conversation about yeah. its potential, not just bland price on 72 kilo 815 moisture yeah if if you run into a complication you've got rejection you you're no longer a person that sounds an awful thing to say you're not known to them whereas our dealings you're dealing with a person rather than an electronic trade which has a different kind of sentiment to how you deal with people i think you it's it's a warmer relationship rather than the cold Kind of ivory tower attitude. Yeah, I think my uncomfortableness with the, as I say, it's an advert dressed up as an editorial, and I think that's that's slightly 
makes me slightly uncomfortable. And also, I think the Farmers Weekly is what it is. You know, it's for farmers to read and this is how we should live our lives. And I think it's, it does a phenomenally good job of benchmarking where prices are and it has some really good articles. And they, they do provide a very good commentary on this industry and they get behind things and they encourage people to think in a slightly different direction. And it's, they work away in, in an industry where, you know, there's lots of other free mags out there and theirs is paid for and it's still high in circulation. The problem is always ultimately that kind of farmer mentality about the last 50p. But that's the bit I think that makes the that it might work on a on a farm when you're selling a product. I get that, but if you think like that the whole time, you don't value. It's a short-term victory. Isn't well, it? It, it's the industry's disappearing, and when it's gone, it's gone, and you will go, "Hmm, there's no one to sell it to anymore." Oh, yes, there is. There's the cartel, or there's the the monopoly, or whichever you want to choose. Two, three companies in complete domination, and believe me, market information will be slanted yeah yeah i think you're right yeah it comes down to this where do you want the industry to be in five ten years time and you don't want it to be single large entities no Uh, well we we don't want it to be but i suspect the route it is taking inevitably with a year like this one where there's there's not very much to trade We've done our year-end accounts, haven't we, for last year, end of mm-hmm. June. We made a profit last year. We're delighted to say we had some good trading decisions in the season, and we made some money. We're really great, you know, another year on the pitch. This year's tough. We're not, you know, this is going to be a tough year. Now, we've our overheads are cutting. We're, we're reducing in numbers to address the issue. This is an industry that is on its back foot, and we're trying to be, A, moving into electronic with the app, B, trying to keep, you know, relevant with the podcast, for our cult following and see we're trying to buy enough grain to make our overhead get covered mm-hmm. where there are people paying prices that make a loss yeah let's talk about that that particular without naming names there are people seriously going. there are for, companies out there paying huge prices that lock in a loss yes market share right we've we've seen this if you've been around long enough in the merchanting industry we've seen people come into this industry and pay too much money Mm -hmm. and historically they come they're here they have three or four years of absolute grandeur they get really big and then suddenly somebody somewhere up the greasy pole says hang on a minute if we didn't have that lot over there basically losing money they've lost two million quid just just ditch them so in the meantime, what damage is done? Who's disappeared? Strategically, what, which companies are going to want to have strategic supply? Who's going to be relevant in this industry? And whoever is still playing the game, need, how much money do they need to play it? You know, if, if we get to a point where supply and demand is balanced every single year, does the strength appear at last on the farmer's side of the fence? Bearing in mind there's no cooperative sector to actually fight for them or keep control. Yes, I mean, it should, but then does a huge multinational just go, right, let's start importing cheap stuff? Yeah. In which case... Have a word with Liz, can we have some Argentinian GM, amazon fueled soya, please? So, yeah, I think that we started this conversation with, with Graindex and mm-hmm, the dynamic yeah. of it all. I've mentioned the concern I have. As I say, we've, we're in a, in a profit situation with probably some of the lowest overheads in the country, but... We're looking at it, and, and this is going to be a very, very tough year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, farmers and merchants alike. So the farmers are going to be scrapping for every penny on top, aren't they? Yes. And we're already seeing it now. So 
you know. But as you say, we're here, and this is what we do. Yeah, luckily we've got a cult following. Yes. So, what else we talk about, chaps? <clears throat> lockdown. Should we talk about lockdown? Yeah, we don't want to get too uh, depressed about this one, do we? Well, North Norfolk hasn't got, you know, it's got... The numbers have gone up from 12 to 33 per 100,000, which um, means we still come into the office. We were talking about, you know, we're still office-bound. I think we've had an advantage in the last six months because we've actually come in, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we've always been in. I think one of the um, symptoms of COVID is hair loss, Ben, and I was kind of wondering <laughs> whether or not you actually had it back in March. Anyway, as I say, <laughs> we don't want to... Ian's right, we mustn't get too morbid about COVID, and I am getting thin on top. So, I'll check that. I don't think hair loss is a symptom, Ian. Okay. No, I, well, I, I've obviously had it a long time ago. <laughs> but yes, we... Touchwood, yes, Dewing Grain has been lucky in that we're a small team, we distance, we're in Norfolk, we've kept coming in, and it's been good for all of us i think yeah and we're this part of the world and the far tip of cornwall and devon is kind of free it kind of makes sense because you haven't got people passing through passing the lots of people have been coming down on holiday Mm. and i expected the numbers to go through the roof during that but it seems to have somehow avoided that as well isn't it i think i think it's just going to be there's going to come a point where we're all allowed to go back, aren't we? And there's, you know, lots of people who've been working from home. There's, there's some un- we'll be hopefully remaining constant, possibly with the next lockdown that's coming. We'll go back to 50% of the staff in on, a, on an alternate day basis and we'll be wiping everything down and, and so on. We'll go back to that tactic, but that still predominantly will be in, won't we? Yeah. And other companies will all of a sudden, one day when we're, when we're set free, they're all going to suddenly reappear back in the office. That's going to be kind of weird, isn't it? That could be very strange for a lot of companies, couldn't it? Well, possibly. I, I, I think. I think there's some. I think we're glad we're in agriculture and glad we've still got a job that's kind of got a meaning, if you like, because it's going to be pretty ugly for lots yeah, of the country, far as we can see, isn't it? Yeah. Right. On that note, I think we'll kick it in a touch. Listen, we're we're all still here. It's a subdued time in this industry. It's not easy. We're trying to trying to find a way forward about what the market does next the right things to do in this marketplace, you know, the, the influences that come and go. You know, discussing grain decks is a slightly hot potato because we might upset, you know, some people who can write some bad things about us. But the, the intention is to try and debate the issue as opposed to upset. I think, it, I think it's important. All of us want to survive. We are an, in an industry that is on the ropes. And I think, you know, as I say, we've, we've cut our costs. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that we're still relevant in this horrid new world of ours. But the things like that, you know, when they're a threat to your business, you have to react or comment on it and ha- make a conscious decision about it. And I think that for us, service, understanding of the customer's needs and those things, that is what I think the message from that main part of the conversation is that we're going to focus on what we're strong at. So uh, with that, I hope the market goes your way. I hope your drilling goes okay. And uh, hands, face and space. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released. And follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. 
The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.